This is your official AEW all-out thoughts and reactions as I watched the show on September 5th uh, on my PlayStation 4 and I rewatched it on via the internet because I had to do it from an analytic perspective. So, I am your host, the one, the only Phoenix that rises from the ashes, Mr. Shino D. Phoenix. This is a special edition of No One's Ready for Wrestling, the thoughts and reaction edition of this show. So, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. And, um, let me me just say this about, um, All Out. Um, you know, I'm usually all praises when it comes to their pay-per-view shows. Like, I always do with NXT TakeOvers because they never disappoint. Unfortunately, with this, with this, uh... All Out show, I-, I thought this was a disappointment. Literally, I thought this was one of the most disappointing pay-per-views, possibly the weakest AEW pay-per-view that they have ever done. Now, there was some good stuff, don't get me wrong, but there was one moment that got a lot of people talking, and I'm going to share my thoughts on that, so hopefully you guys are staying in, so I welcome you to this show. Um, now before we get started, I did announce that I was doing a birthday mailbag, so I'm gonna keep plugging that until the 24th, so, cause that's when my birthday is. And, um, if you wanna send your questions, please do so at the one and only Phoenix 1993 at gmail.com. Please include your name and where you're from, that way I can shout you out on the show because I care for my listeners. And also I wanna... I just gotta mention this. I like I said, I don't talk numbers um that much. It looks like I gotta do it now, but man, I'm starting to gain an audience. You know, we just reached 40 listeners, like 40 in total audience today. So I checked Anchor and I'm like, this is just amazing. I- I'm very proud of what I've been doing. And I'm glad you guys are supporting this podcast. It really, really helps out. And let's continue to let's continue that rise, man, because this is great numbers for me. I never had that many listeners before, but <clears throat> but I'm very proud of my work. But anyway, all that ranting aside, social media. Make sure you follow me on the Twitter at Shino D Phoenix. That's where I'm at. I live tweet for Raw, NXT, Impact, AEW. And um, SmackDown or any other pay-per-views. And I know we got the G1 coming up. uh, And one of them is on my birthday. So that's a surreal moment. (laughs) Oh, man. But I'm probably going to be live. I'm going to be tweeting about the G1 uh, as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, Instagram. There we go. Instagram. Make sure you follow me. Cool Man Sip. CYP, by the way. Um, that's where I post all my stuff on Instagram. You want to see personal shit with me? Feel free to follow me. I would, I would love it if you guys do that. And I also post the episodes on there as well. That way you can stay up to date. <clears throat> Finally, Facebook. For all you Facebook users out there, make sure you like the No One's Ready for Wrestling page. I also post on there as well. Just to give my audience some views, like some listens. And, um, without further ado, uh, but before we do that, 
before we do that, since I can't do the quick shout out on my daily episodes, I'm just going to do it here. If you don't have Amino, please download the app right now. It's free. Join the Wrestling Amino community. That's where I'm at. Um, I made a lot of friends down there. People have been supporting me. I started off as a blogger and, and now here I am transforming myself into podcasting. So with that, I mean, this is a great place to be. Nobody's a dick and we all have a respectful community down there. So if you want to be a part of Wrestling Amino, please download that app. It's free. You won't be charged a damn thing. So, without further ado, this time, let's talk about the show. And we're going to start with the buy-in. Now, they added this match, Joey Janela versus Serpentico. Eh, I don't know how I felt about the match when I was watching it. I'm like, eh, it's okay, but it felt kind of dull, to say the least. Now, some key notes here. Excalibur revealed that Luther and Serpentico formed the tag team called Chaos Project. So, that's another tag team for uh, AEW. Now, when Joey Janela's music hit, he immediately came and he just attacked Serpentico. Now, he gained control after Joey got distracted by Luther attacking Sonny Kiss. Serpentico gets booted, but he snaps his neck. Like, he's trying to pull his inner Cesaro or his inner demon. And... He hits a flapjack for just a one count. Now, <clears throat> Serpentico was looking for the uh, Swanton Bomb, but Joey got his knees up and hits the Death Valley Driver into a super kick, into a Blue Thunder Bomb for a near fall. So I thought this was a really good spot right here. Um, Joey, he missed the Moonsault, which was perfectly executed. Serpentico hit a super kick and spiked him with a DDT for a close near fall. Janela then hit an avalanche fisherman buster for a close near fall, and he goes up top, hit the diving elbow drop on Serpentico to win the match. Nothing really important here, but um, like all I'm like I look at Joey Janela, I'm like he's just another guy, you know, you know the same Joey Janela who wrestled John Moxley at Fighter Fest, and I I, I think he's just directionless. To say the least. I don't know if this tag team with Sonny Kiss is going to help do favors. Look, I'm not saying anything bad about Sonny Kiss. I think he's really good. Um, But man, like I'm just looking at this and I'm like, I don't know where Joey Janela goes from here. It feels like he's just directionless, you know? But I think after he got beat up by Jericho, I think something lit a fire in him, I guess. But that was the match. Pretty dull. Nothing really special here. Um, moving on. We have Private Party taking on John, number four, Silver, and Alex, number three, Reynolds. So, Isaiah and John, they start the match off with wrestling holds. Now, Private Party, they hit stereo dropkicks on John and Alex. Um, Private Party hit a flapjack-bulldog combination, just for a one-count pin. We had Silver, he hit... He power bombs Isaiah on the knee of Alex. Silver then hits multiple kicks in the chest of Isaiah for a two count. Quinn then gets the hot tag and he runs wild on both members of Dark Order. Private Party was looking for the silly string and I thought this was a really cool spot. They were looking for the sil- silly string but John Silver hits a diving double stomp on Cassidy. 
and he gets back in the ring and hits a running boot, like, quick pace. Like, for... No, not just that. And he hit a amazing spinning... It looked like a spinning blue thunder power bomb, but it looked great. It looked absolutely great. This is why I freaking love John Silver. Like, he is just showing intensity, and I, I loved it. Um, Then we had... This nice spot right here. I thought this was a really, really good spot. John, he hit... No, Reynolds, he hit um a rolling elbow. Silver followed it up with a step up into Geary. Reynolds hit a stunner. Silver with a German suplex. And Reynolds covered for a close near fall. I thought this was the best spot of the match. But it wasn't enough. Private Party manages to hit gin and juice. I don't know why my note says gun and juice. Don't you just hate auto-corrections? But it's gin and juice on Silver to pick up the win. Oh boy, I wonder how Brody Lee feels about that. He's not going to be a happy guy. Anyway, anyway, but this was a great tag team match. I loved it. I thought this was really good. And I look at Private Party, man, and this is another team that I think has huge potentials, but I feel like they're just directionless as well. This is the same team that beat the Young Bucks in that tag team gaunt, that tag team tournament match, and they were heading for Destiny. And I just don't know if they have anything plans or maybe it's just timing. But I've been really impressed with John Silver and Alex Reynolds. I think they are great. I've been I even praised their work when they were at Evolve at the time, and their work literally impressed the living shit out of me. So. It looks like you're going to be seeing more of them in action, possibly on Dark, possibly on Dynamite, but this was great tag team wrestling right here. Now, let's get into the main card. We opened the show with Britt Baker versus Big Swole in a tooth and nail match. Now, I'm not taking anything away from these two women, uh, and I got to be honest with you, and you guys are here for that honesty. It's just that this match should not have opened the show, you know? I feel like they should have done something different. They should have had that in the middle. And I'll explain why when we get to the next match. But this was... Eh. I mean... I I believe this. the reason they did this match because I don't know if Britt Baker is fully healed yet, but she looks fully healed to me. I, I don't know what they're doing with this match. But it... The only thing I would say, the MVP in this was Reba. Reba was the MVP with her over-the-top acting. And it was absolutely fucking hilarious that I actually laughed at some of the parts she did. So Big Swole, she arrives at the dentist's office. And Reba wants her to fill out a form. And she's doing this in a disguising voice, which (laughs) literally Big Swole was not fooled. And she realizes that it's Swole, and she gets taken out. And Swole actually hit her with the um, with the form. So she's going around the dentist's office looking for uh, for Britt Baker. She goes in one of the rooms, and she sees the room like there was some blood spots on the floor, and that creeped her out. And she just goes finding Big Swole. And in the corner, you see Britt Baker just walking like a, like a serial killer or a psycho killer or something like that. And um, all I could say is, 
like no 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 not all I can say but the next part we had um Big Swole opening this door right and she's you know those little toy teats that chatter there was multiple of them on the uh in that area so she's like childishness huh so Brit takes the picture frame and she hits her with it and she hits her with the mask as well and she tries to extract her teeth one of her toots I guess but Swole fights out of it and I thought this was funny Reba tried to use the spray you know how the dent- dentist uh, sprays your teeth after they uh, clean out the fillings um like to make sure your teeth is clean if you have like fucking plaque all over your teeth cause I know people will get scolded by the dentist if you don't brush your teeth you know so j- I'm no dentist here so she tries to spray her but Swole just attacks her they brawl to the outside and Britt hits a DDT on top of the golf cart or the roll the um what's it called the the Rolls role model Royce I guess I don't know the Rolls Royce that's it that's it it just clicked to me now Swole and she hands Baker a crutch so big Britt Baker hits Swole in the back and they run back to the dentist's office and inside Swole slams uh Britt on the countertop face first and was looking for a brain buster but Britt escapes and hits the um swinging neck breaker which looked brutal for a two count they brawl in the hallway and I was thinking to myself man if you had some action music to it it would sound so great you know so Swole hits a jumping boot to Baker for like on Baker for a two count and in one of the dentist dental office you have Britt hitting the super kick on Swole and she pulls out a drill and it looked like she was about to drill her face in or drill her mouth with it but but um Swole escapes and Reba comes out and hands Britt a, sw- a syringe you know to numb the uh, body or numb your teeth or something she was gonna do it to Big Swole but she was gonna inject it the Novocaine on Swole but she fights back and she fights out of it and injects Britt Baker's knee and you have Reba <laughs> screaming you stabbed her you stabbed her you monster <laughs> oh man Reba is hilarious Reba was the MVP that over the top actor was you can say it's cringe but you just had to laugh at it now Swole threw um, Brit's diploma at uh, Reba and she hits her with it with her fist or a dirty dancing so Swole hits dirty dancing on Baker and puts a gas mask on her and Brit passes out and that was pretty much it not the best way to open the show and I know people are going to say well you wanted this on the main show because yes it had more build but it should have been saved for the middle you know because this match wasn't that good and I'm being real with you guys it was not that good and I'm not disrespecting Britt Baker or Reba's over the top acting or Big Swole I think they're talented but I feel like they just could have positioned that somewhere else you know cause like that would have been the come down match 
if that will if that's what we were going to get, you know? But it is what it is. Jurassic Express versus the Young Bucks. This match, in my honest opinion, should have opened the show. And it was a damn good match. Jungle Boy and Nick Jackson, they start things off. Wrestle holds. Um, yeah, Jungle Boy, he was looking for a handshake, but Nick slapped it away, only for him to get drop kicked. Luchasaurus gets tagged in, and Jungle Boy hits Matt with a running shooting star and a rolling drop kick uh, to Nick, while Luchasaurus sends Matt out with a running boot. You had Jurassic Express, they hit the uh, tail whip flatliner combination, which I thought looked great, for a nice two count. The Young Bucks, they hit a drop kick bulldog combination on uh, Jungle Boy for a one count. So, the Young Bucks, they were working all over Jungle Boy. Luchasaurus, he... No, no, I think it... No, no, no. It was Luchasaurus who was in the ring. They they did that on Jungle Boy on the outside. No, no, no. I was... No, I'm wrong. See, this is what happens when I'm trying to think. So, Luchasaurus, he power bombs Nick to Matt. He tags in Jungle Boy. And he hits a nice-looking Hurricanrana on Nick right on, right on the ramp. He jumped over the top rope and hit that Rana on the entrance ramp. I thought that was really cool. Jungle Boy, he was looking for a Springboard DDT, but Matt catches him with three Northern Light Suplex in the ring, and he hits two outside and sends him over the ramp. Jungle Boy makes it to the ropes as Nick gets tagged in and grounds Jungle Boy. Now, this is where my... I rewinded this like ten times. Because I know I was not tripping. And this is just something that I nitpick on. And it really irks me to see it. <laughs> um, now Nick Jackson. He hit a springboard diving stomp. On uh, Jungle Boy. While Matt was holding him. And if you watch closely. You can see. You can see Nick Jackson. Slapping his knees. To make it feel effective. I'm like. Oh come on. I can clearly see it. <laughs> I literally can see it. Like, I, I know it's nitpicking, but come on. <laughs> come on, man. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, Jungle Boy was looking to tag Luchasaurus, but how, what does Nick Jackson do? He super kicks Luchasaurus, and Marco Stunt, he actually pulls Nick off the apron. So, that was, that was a nice way to stop someone from tagging someone. Now, <clears throat> Luchasaurus, he gets tagged in. And I say this every time about Luchasaurus. I think he's one of the best things out of Jurassic Express. Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy is just phenomenal. Either one of them could be future uh, AEW World Champions. I could see them being tag team champions. I think that would be a great thing for them, you know? And have the free bird rule. Have Marco Stunt getting the title defense as well. I could see that. I think that would be great, you know? Now, Luchasaurus was looking for a double choke slam, but Nick sweeps the legs. Matt drop kicks him, but Luchasaurus sits up. And this is where the frustration comes into play. The Young Bucks try to kick him, but Luchasaurus evades with a kip up, and he evades a double clothesline with a back handspring. You know, a guy that size, that's, I mean, it's possible, but a guy that size doing that. That was just absolutely impressive. 
and he hits Nick with the tail whip and hits Matt with the uh, roundhouse kick. Luchasaurus hits a flipping chokeslam on Nick right on Matt Jackson, does a standing moonsault, and um, only for a near fall. So I thought that was great. Really cool spot right there. Luchasaurus hits a headbutt, and Nick grabs Luchasaurus's leg, but Jungle Boy jumps on the back of Luchasaurus to dive on Nick, and he sends Matt on the outside and hits both the Young Bucks with a standing moonsault off the apron, which I thought was really cool. Nick Jackson, he counters the Jungle Boy's Rana and power bombs him on the apron. He hits Luchasaurus with a Canadian Destroyer. Matt Jackson, like just looking at Marco Stunt, and he super kicks Marco Stunt, who he he did nothing. He did nothing to you. But this is him being in the heel role, so I guess. Like, you know, they're showing that aggression in that match. And some of the crowd was actually booing the Young Bucks. And I'm like, where? Man, if the Young Bucks turn heel, that's going to be fantastic. Now, anyway, Mac gets Jungle Boy in electric chair position. And Nick hits a PK on Jungle Boy. The Young Bucks hit Jungle Boy with a rope-hanging swanton bomb for a near fall. Now, they were looking for the Melter driver, but um, Luchasaurus catches Nick with a brutal chokeslam while Jungle Boy hits the Poison Rana on Matt Jackson. They hit Matt with um, the Extinction Level event for a close near fall. Luchasaurus dives on the outside like... He did a springboard dive, taking out some of the members on the AEW roster. Nick Jackson catches Jungle Boy for a near fall with a super kick. Uh, the Young Bucks hit the super kick party for a near fall again. And finally, the Young Bucks hit the BTE trigger to win this match. So I thought this was great. Really great tag team match right here. And honestly, should have opened a show, if you want me to be honest. That's... I think that would have been the best position right here to get people pumped up, you know? And that's all I'm going to say on that. I thought, and Jurassic Express, they're going to be tag team champions one day. I am telling you, it's going to happen. It's just the right, you got to wait till the right timing, you know? So that's all I'm going to say on that. Then we got the 21 Casino Battle Royal. And... I do have some highlights, but we're going to go over the clubs, the diamonds, the heart, and the spade. And we'll save the Joker for a later date. So, in the clubs, we got Trent, Christopher Daniels, Jake, I got him hurt, Hager, The Blade, and Ray Phoenix. So, nothing much happened with the five in the ring. Then we got diamonds coming in. Frankie Kazarian, Will Hobbs, who I've been really, really impressed by, and I'm glad... That they're giving him an opportunity. Chuck Taylor, Santana, and Ortiz. For the hearts, you got Billy Gunn. Penta El Cero. He's no longer Pentagon. He's just Penta El Cero. Ricky Starks, Brian Cage, and Darby Allen. Then on the spades, we got Sean Spears, Eddie Kingston, The Butcher, Sonny Kiss, and Lance Archer. So... Some highlights, you had Taz, he was on commentary because his boys were going to be in the match. 
Got Santana and Ortiz attacking Chuck Taylor on the outside. Trent hit a suicide dive on both men. You had Darby Allen. He hit a beautiful-looking cold red on uh, Ricky Starks. Sean Spears, he just walked out on commentary, just taking his nice little time. Lance Archer, he dives to the ring, taking out Frankie, Eddie Kingston, and the Butcher. So the Joker comes out, and it was Matt Seidel. And I was very, very excited to see Matt Seidel on AEW. He hit a jump, jumping knee strike on uh, Sean Spears. But unfortunately, there was one little spot that got the internet talking. And he tried to go for the shooting star press, you know, his go-to move. And he actually slipped on the ring, and he almost fell on his neck. And thankfully, Will Hobbs checked up on him to see if he was okay. So, like, that was a botch moment right here. And then all of a sudden, later on, you had a bunch of pyro that's been going on in the background. So I'm like, what is going on over here? Now, before we get get to the elimination... Now, let's get to the eliminations. You have Will Hobbs. He eliminated the Blade. Jake Hager eliminated Frankie Kazarian. Brian Cage eliminated Billy Gunn. You had Darby Allin eliminating Ray Phoenix. Trust me, that's the match I do want to see one day. Darby Allin versus Ray Phoenix. Oh my God, man. That's going to be fucking fantastic. You had Santana and Ortiz eliminating Chuck Taylor. Um, Sonny Kiss eliminated Jake Hager, which was a surprise elimination. Then Brian Cage eliminated Sonny Kiss. And then on the outside, Jake Hager decked him as revenge. Trent eliminated Santana. Lance... Um, let's see, Lance eliminated uh, Ortiz. I believe it was Ortiz. Now, I believe he also eliminated uh, Trent, too, if I'm correct. Because I totally forgot to put that on my notes. Um, anyway, <clears throat> we had Frankie Kazarian. Frankie Kazarian, he eliminates um, Penta El Cerro. The Butcher eliminates Frankie Kazarian. Darby Allen eliminated Ricky Starks. And then Brian Cage, the way he eliminated Darby Allen. Jesus Christ. So Ricky Starks, he drags Darby under the ring. No, from the ring post. He wasn't eliminated. And he just sends him to the post. And he pulls out a body bag and hands it to Brian Cage. And all of a sudden, you see Cage pouring thumbtacks. Thumbtacks inside the body bag. And he puts uh, Cage in there. And he power bombs Darby out of the ring on the entrance ramp, which looked brutal as shit. So, Lance Archer, he eliminated Will Hobbs and Brian Cage. Matt Seidel eliminated The Butcher. And Eddie Kingston eliminated Matt Seidel. And then Lance Archer, who was, if I'm correct, he wasn't o- over the ropes, right? He he went under. So, you can make a case for that. But he gets eliminated by Lance Archer, and he wins the Casino Battle Royal and the future shot of the AEW World Championship. So, it was a much-needed win for Lance Archer because he was doing nothing. And I think his momentum really didn't do anything to him. No, no, no. His momentum 
kind of went down after his loss to Cody at double or nothing. So, and he's been directionless. So, I think this is a reset, I guess. And it will play a part to the main event, which we will talk about later. And then we get to the Broken Rules match. We got Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. (sighs) Man, where do I even begin with this? This was one of the most controversial matches that got a lot of people up in arms. And this was the match that everybody was talking about. Now, first things first, the match itself was not good. And I'll explain why as I give you the key highlights. Now, Matt Hardy's in, by the football pitch. You know how they did the uh, st- stadium stampede match? The inner circle versus the elite and uh, Matt Hardy. Nice callback, right? Sammy then arrives with the golf cart. Again, callback because he wants revenge after what Matt Hardy did with him and the golf cart. Now, he tried to run him over, but he misses. Now, later on, you have Matt spiking Sammy Guevara with a DDT on the table. And it looked brutal as shit. Now, this is where the controversy controversy came in. Now, Matt Hardy puts Sammy in this forklift, right? He sends him face first in the forklift. And he raises it looking to hit a side effect through the merch table. There was two tables, right? But he fights out of it, Sammy does. And he spears him off the forklift. And, I'm, and I put this on quotes in my notes. Through the merch table. And if you watch closely how Matt Hardy landed, he landed so hard on the concrete on the back of his head and he looked completely out of it. He just looked out. And you could tell by his eyes rolling and he, him trying to stand up. He couldn't even stand on his own two feet. Now, Aubrey was holding the X sign and I'm asking, where's the doctor? Where's the doctor? So, Matt's looking for for Sammy. And like I mentioned, he's barely walking after the match was stopped. And I'm just sitting here literally saying it took them this long. So, they bring him to the back. And I'm thinking, okay, they stopped the match. It's the right thing to do. But all of a sudden, they decide to let it continue. They decided to let it continue because they said it was Matt's call and the doctor cleared him and he cleared his protocols and all that other stuff. That's not the talent's decision. The health has to come first. So you mean to tell me you would rather continue the match and risking more harm on Matt Hardy instead of just stopping the damn match and just move on to the next one? Like, if they stopped the match, the people would understand that, you know? So... As soon as they continue the match, they immediately rush to the finish. Like, something tells me that they called an audible here. And it's raining back, and it's raining in the background, so... You have Matt and Sammy. He, they climbed the scaffolding. Keep in mind, Matt Hardy fell off, a, off the uh, forklift, right? And he landed on the back of his fucking head. And he's climbing on the scaffolding. He punches Sammy falls through, and that was pretty much it. Sammy doesn't answer the 10 count, Matt wins. This was terrible. And because it was malpractice on the part of AEW, and I have to agree with Solomonster right there, because 
And here's another thing that bugged me. If you'd use that stipulation that if Matt loses, he had to leave AEW, you shouldn't have done that stipulation to begin with. Because, like, number one, that's a dead giveaway that Matt Hardy is winning. And number two, when he got concussed, because it was clearly a concussion, and Tony Khan is saying that it was not a fucking concussion when it was clearly a fucking concussion, like, it's, it's a goddamn concussion. Why was he wobbling when he was getting up? Why was he having a trouble walking? The dude was knocked loopy. And Rebby Hardy, Rebby Hardy was not happy. She was absolutely fucking furious with not only, no, just just with AEW after that bump. And I have the have the article right here. Rebby Hardy is very unhappy with everyone involved with the all-out pay-per-view. Now, Matt Hardy was taken to the hospital after the match when it is believed that he suffered a concussion. And and if you watch the match, and like I said, if you saw the way he landed, you will know what I'm talking about. Now, after the bump, Hardy tried to get back on his feet, but he had trouble doing so, and the decision was made to end the match, which they should have ended it in the fucking first place. Shortly after, the decision was made that the match would continue. And people involved realized that if Matt lost the fight, they would have figured out a way out of the stipulation that states that if Matt Hardy lost, he had to leave AEW. And again, I'm going to say it again. You shouldn't have done the fucking stipulation to begin with. Plain and simple. Now the match continued. Blah, blah, blah. And like I mentioned, it was over. Matt was later taken to the hospital. Tony Schiavone informed the fans that he was going to be okay. He did the same thing during the tag team championship match and saying that Michael Sampson, and I believe in the world championship match as well, that he spoke and examined with Hardy, and Hardy said he was okay, so he cleared him to continue the match. And none of this went over with Rebby Hardy when she tweeted this out, understandably so, by saying... Let me be absolutely fucking clear. There is nothing, she put nothing in all capitals, entertaining about a concussion. Shame on everyone in that goddamn building. And you know what? She has every right to be uh, pissed off. She has every single right. And like she even had a photo on her Twitter during the conversation with Matt Hardy. Now... She tells him, don't be dumb. And she continued on saying, what the fuck? You practically cleared that table. What the fuck? And all capital, Matt. What the goddamn fucking fuck? So, yeah, Rebby Hardy was literally pissed. And she even called out Brian Alvarez, who said that Matt was out of the hospital. But she responded by saying, it's 1,000% a concussion. He's still in the hospital. This was all during that time, you know? So, Matt, so we got actually got an update on Matt Hardy. Now, thankfully, he's back home, which is great. And he, after spending time at the hospital on Saturday and part of Sunday after that bad bump he took. Now, during the video filmed on Cameo for a fan, Hardy mentioned his hospital stay and said that he had to get a bunch of tests and evaluation and was stuck in the hospital because they wouldn't let him go. Now, he did not say if he had suffered a concussion or not, but his wife, Rebby, indicated on Twitter 
on Sunday that he did indeed suffer a concussion. Now, Sunday afternoon, Tony Khan said that the test revealed that he did not suffer a concussion. But Matt Hardy is scheduled to appear on Dynamite tomorrow. And if you're listening to it on Wednesday, then tonight. So, so thankfully, Matt Hardy's okay. But literally, we could have saw him die. Like, if he landed even worse. If he landed on his neck. If he landed on the top of his head. And he laid there motionless. Rebby would sue AEW so bad if that was the case. If Matt Hardy was... If he actually died if that happened. Like, he... Like I said, he looked completely out of it. And at that point, I literally said... And I was ranting myself. I said, I don't ever want to see Matt Hardy do spots like these anymore. And quite frankly, I don't want to see Matt Hardy wrestling anymore. I think it would be better if if he was managing or doing some producing role or he could be part of the creative team for AEW. But look, and I know it's a bad bump, but man... That really made AEW look so bad. Literally. It made them look terrible. As they tried to find their way out of this, you know? Absolutely ridiculous was this match. And literally, and I'm with Rebby on this. Shame on everyone involved in this. But I gotta give props to Rebby. No, I gotta give props to uh, Aubrey Edwards. Because she noticed that something was clearly wrong. So... You gotta at least give uh, Aubrey credit, but they shouldn't—they shouldn't have continued the match. They shouldn't have done that stipulation. And if they didn't do that stipulation, then people would understand. Plain and simple. That's all I'm gonna say on that. Absolutely ridiculous. Moving on, we got Thunder Rosa versus Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's Championship. This match was fucking awesome. These are two of my favorite women's wrestlers. If you were to say, well, Shino, you said Asuka's your favorite, then you say, Kai, I can, I have as many favorite women's wrestlers as I like. Deal with it, okay? <laughs> but this was a damn good match. And these women beat the shit out of each other. And if we get more competitiveness like this, I guarantee that women's division will flourish. But they need more talent. That's all. That's what I gotta say on that. Thunder, like this is your step in the direction. If you work with NWA, and I hope AEW does this, we might be getting Sheeta. Like, well, I'll save that for later. I'll save that part for later. I'm not gonna spoil the uh, the outcome early. So, something got stuck in my mouth for a second. There we go. So, both Sheeta and Rosa, they had a stare down, which literally got me pumped because these two women are badasses. They traded strikes, and you had Excalibur mentioning on commentary that Sheeta spoke with Seema on the Luchador style, how to deal with the Lucha Libre style of things. Sheeta hit a Rana, both women hit drop kicks, and they had a stare down. You had Thunder Rosa raining down with chops. And if there's one thing I don't want to take a chop from, it's Thunder Rosa. Even if I had it on video, if even if I met her in person and she chopped me, that would have been that would be the most painful experience for me, you know. 
Like, I wouldn't even take a chop from Walter. <laughs> anyway. So, she rains down chops on Sheeta, hits a double knees in the back of... On the back of Sheeta for a two count. You had Hikaru hitting a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker, goes on the outside, hits the running knee, sh- knee attack on the chest of uh, Rosa... Um, Hikaru, she grabs the chair. You know how she sets it up to jump off the chair and hit the knee strike. She sets it up, turns her back, only for Thunder Rosa to jump on the ch- on the chair and kick her, roll- sending her rolling to the back of the guardrail. Now, Rosa was working on the back of Sheeta by wrenching her-, her back on the ring post, and she followed it up with a brutal kick to the head for a two count. You had Rosa hitting, uh... Two running power slams into the turnbuckle and turned it into a backbreaker for a two count. Sheeta applied the sleeper hold on Rosa, but she counters with the pin attempt and for a two count and turns it into a hanging pendulum submission. And she rammed her head on the turnbuckle, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, Rosa hit the running leg drop, but Sheeta tries to turn it into a stretch muffler, but Rosa escaped. She catches Rosa's roundhouse kick, Sheeta does. Looks with a stretch muffler again, but Rosa counters into the Rana. Sheeta hits a jumping knee strike to change the momentum, and she suplexes Rosa for a two count and hits the knee strike. Now, Rosa counters the Falcon Arrow with a pin attempt for a two count. He had Rosa hitting a leaping clothesline into a double knees and dropkick Sheeta out of the ring. Uh, to the stage ramp. And on the outside, she was looking for the Death Valley driver. But Sheeta shoves her to the ring post. Sheeta was looking to suplex her, a superplex spot, on the outside. And I swear, if she, if she would have hit that spot, uh, I mean, that would have been a big holy shit moment. But, um, Rose, Rosa escapes um, and hits a Death Valley driver on the apron. Rolls her to the middle of the ring, but Sheeta kicks out at two. Now, Sheeta hits a middle rope superplex, sends Rosa on the stage ramp, and hits a middle rope meteora, shades of Seema right here, for while both women are down on the outside. Back and forth, these women trade a strike. Sheeta hits a falcon arrow, and all of a sudden, Thunderosa kicks out at one and you just see her laughing laughing that she kicked out of the falcon era at just one and Hikaru Shida was absolutely shocked now Thunder Rosa countered the falcon era with a roll up for a two count Shida manages to apply the stretch muffler but Rosa made it to the ropes hits a backbreaker for a two count Rosa does but Sheeta gets one backbreaker for herself as well. Hits one on Rosa for a near fall and hits the Tamashi, which is the running knee, knee strike, to win and retain the AEW Women's Championship. This was a great match. And if I'm down for a sequel, motherfucker, I want to see these two go at it again. Because that was fucking great. Absolutely great for both women. Now... If NWA does have a working relationship 
with um, AEW, I do want to see that match one more time. And this time is going to be for the NWA Women's Champion. Then the rubber match you could do, champion versus champion, win a take all. That would get people excited. Who would be the... Who would be the women's champion of AEW and the women's champion of NWA? I mean, I'm just throwing ideas out there if they actually do work together, which, look, I want to see it happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. Now, where does Hikaru Shida go? She's still issuing challenges, right? I did see on Twitter that Alex Garcia wants a shot at Hikaru Shida. And I say, hell yeah. This will be a great spotlight for uh, Alex Garcia to showcase her ability. But if there's one person that I think should take that title off of off of Hikaru Shida if she does another open challenge from anyone that is not currently signed, and if things are back to normal, I am going with Lufisto. I think that would be a perfect addition to take that title. Then we got then you can have. Nyla Rose versus Lufisto for the women's title. I think that would be great, you know. But I will I, if they get Alex Garcia to wrestle Hikaru Shida, my eyes will be glued because Alex Garcia is awesome. And I think she has a bright future ahead of her. Now, where does Thunder Rosa go from here? She, I think, I don't think this is the last time we're going to see Thunder Rosa on AEW. I'm being completely honest with you. Like, I think they need to give her a contract where she could work some dates with AEW but not tamper with the NWA contract. I think that would be nice, you know? Because Thunder Rosa is the step in the right direction to make that women's division feel important. But if there's anybody on the roster that should take the title from Sheeta, it's going to be Britt Baker. Like, yes, she lost, but I think she's going to bounce back and... call out, um, she's gonna call out Hikaru Shida for breaking her nose, and she wants the rematch. And this time, I believe at full gear, she's gonna win the title, or they might do a triple threat match, or a fatal four-way. I don't know. We're just gonna have to wait and see. Backstage, we had Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. They They have this huge announcement that they were gonna make. They announced that they're going to get married, which, not surprising, and it's going to be live on Dynamite. But before that, there needs to be a bachelor party, and he'll reveal who the best man is. And then you see him doing his Twitch channel with with the Kip Sabian, and they did a nice jab at WWE because of the third party thing, which I will explain later. There's more news about that on... um, episode on the next episode so be on the lookout for that that's gonna be fun but and and it was a well-deserved shot because usually they joke about it but this was well-deserved we had the dark order versus the natural nightmare scorpio sky and matt cardona i gotta be honest with you guys i gotta be honest with you i was pretty bored with that match pretty bored to say the least they brawled between... We got a brawl between the teams. You had QT stomping on Evil Uno. Sky comes in, hits Uno with a Russian leg sweep for a two count. Cabana gets tagged in. He chops QT, lays down multiple elbow strikes on him. Brody Lee drops... Body drops QT 
And that elevation was absolutely insane. Grayson catches the QT special, but QT escapes with a backbreaker flapjack combination. Um, You had QT tagging in Cardona, and he runs wild on uh, <clears throat> on Cabana. Cardona body drops Stu and hits a reboot on uh, Cold for a near fall when Lee put Cabana's foot on the ropes. Now Cardona tries to fight off the Dark Order, but Uno and Grayson hit a roundhouse kick brain buster combination, which looked nice for a two count. Now JR, this was not a great night for JR. He accidentally calls Stu Grayson Dick Grayson. You know, the original Robin, Nightwing. Is he reading comic books? Like, is he a fan of the DC Comics? And I believe Excalibur said that I wouldn't be able to call you Jason Todd. Anyway, Matt counters the suplex into a falling net breaker. Dustin tags in, runs wild on the Dark Order. And of course, Dustin has to hit a Canadian Destroyer. And this time, it's on Cole Cabana. Now, Sky gets tagged in, and he has a stare down with Brody Lee. Anna Jay comes out and tries to slap um, Sky, but Scorpio's like, nah, uh, uh. And then Brandy hits a jumping boot on Sky, and they brawl. And then you had Sky hit a beautiful looking Rana on Lee. And Grayson grabs Anna Jay and you have Jim Ross on commentary saying that if Anna if Anna J had a wardrobe malfunction, wishful thinking on my part, this uh, comment actually got mainstream media outlet covers during this all-out pay-per-view. Now, he's getting a lot of heat from fans on social media for something he said about Anna J during the all-out broadcast. I said, did Anna J have a wardrobe malfunction or is that wishful thinking in my book? Ross said after Jay and Brandy Rhodes interacted during the, not during the Casino Battle Royal, but during this eight-man tag. Um, the comment by Ross was made when the Dark Order Stu Grayson was trying to keep Jay away from Rhodes and Jay could be seen adjusting her top. Now, J- Jim Ross tweeted out, and I believe he deleted it. He said... No, yeah, he pulled the old tweet and delete. He said, didn't mean to offend anyone on the wardrobe malfunction line. Weak attempt at humor, sorry. Like, pull that old tweet and delete. Now, the story was picked up by the New York po- the New York Daily News, and it included some of the negative reaction from fans on Twitter. Now, Anna J has not commented, and as of this writing, nothing else has been said by anyone in the company about the comments. So, let's have some fun and read some of these tweets, shall we? Um, Amanda B91 says, "Hey, aid, hey, all elite wrestling. In case you missed it during All Out, your beloved Jim Ross said that one that when he was a he was a referee, women's matches were slow and predictable. Two, he wished one of the female wrestlers to have a wardrobe malfunction. Not really what I was hoping for as a fan tonight." Yeah, Steve at Not Dr. Death said, Jim Ross has been in the business for decades and made immense contributions. At his peak, he was the best commentator in the wrestling history, but it's time for him to go. 
You got um, Nibiris Elat. I don't know if I pronounced it right. I apologize. He said, Me too. Enjoy both shows. Only thing that was just out of class was the insensible and insensible was Jim Ross's comment on Anna J. It's not about being too sensitive or anything, but that comment shouldn't have happened. JR has been in the pro wrestling for decades, but this was out of line. You have um, Georgie George, 82, saying, Jim Ross sounds like he'd rather be anywhere else. His comments about Anna J was creepy AF, creepy as fuck for those who don't know, and not cute or charming at all. I'd be fine with Excalibur, Tony, and Taz from now on, and just have JR and Talking Heads and guest spots. So, that was pretty much it right there. We also had two handsome Starks saying Jim Ross's comment about Anna J ruined Dark Order versus Natural Friends, I believe. That's what he means. We have Chris D's. Jim Ross, did Anna J have a wardrobe malfunction or is that wishful thinking in my book? Remember how we wanted Jerry Lawler gone for many years? JR needs to be put in bed. Another cringe moment from sad from a sad old man. We have the vindictive saying, Hey AEW, Tony Khan, Cody Rose, are y'all going to send Jim Ross to a sensitivity training too after what he said about Anna J? And finally, 365 Wrestling News. No, 365 Wrestler or Wrestling News 365 said Jim Ross apologizes for the wardrobe malfunction comment about Anna J on, on All Out. The moment I heard him say that comment, my first thought was, you can't say that. Very creepy and doesn't have a place on a broadcast in 2020. JR should know better. And if you want my thoughts on it, here's how I say it. He shouldn't have said it anyway. And I'm going to say it every single time. I think JR's commentary is just wearing thin. You know, it's, this was not his night. And I'm being completely honest with you guys. Um, but moving on. <clears throat> you had Sky, he hit the TKO for a two count, which was broken up by Uno. Cardona hit the radio silent on both Uno and Grayson. But he tried to go for the third one on Lee. But Brody counters it into a powerbomb. Uno then powerbombs Marshall. You had Lee hit a sidewalk slam. Cole Cabana hits a diving splash. Um, <clears throat> for a close near fall. You got Brody Lee and Dustin. They get tagged in and they both are teeing off at each other. You have Brody Lee hitting a brutal discus lariat. And I'm thinking to myself, this is it. Why Cole Cabana, you got to pin him. That's it. But he wants to go over the top because he wants to show off. He wants to show off. And that gave Dustin enough time. He misses the moonsault, cradles in. One, two, three. And Dustin beats Cabana, beats the Dark Order for the babyface team to get their revenge. Brody Lee was not happy. He was not pissed. No, no, he was pissed. And he shoved Cole Cabana. He's like, I gave you the match. I gave this to you. And Cole's like, I know it's my fault. It's my fault. He's like, I took you in. And ha everybody from the Dark Order, except Evil Uno, 
walked off on Cabana. Evil Uno actually picked, just picked up Cole Cabana, and I thought he's about to turn on him. But he helped him to the back as well. Now, backstage, you had Tony Schiavone. Thankfully, I didn't say Skiavone. Damn it! <laughs> um, <laughs> Tony Schiavone. <laughs> he interviewed Dustin Rhodes about the match, and he got info from Tony Khan saying that he'll get a TNT championship opportunity against Brody Lee on Dynamite. So, and listen to the promo he cut, and it was literally passionate. Reminded me of Dusty Rhodes a little bit. Had that little Dusty in him. I loved it. Loved it. But the match itself, eh, didn't really care about it. We got mm, the AEW Tag Team titles on the line. FTR takes on Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. Now, there was this is awesome chance before the start of the match. Um, you had Page telling Omega that he wants to tag in, and you have Omega saying, You're not gonna do any bullshit on me, are you? He's like, fine. So he tags in. Hangman runs wild on FTR. Omega tried to calm him down because Remember, FTR was getting in his head. And Omega was calming him down. He's about to hit Omega. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? I'm your partner, bro. So Omega and Paige, they chopped uh, on Cash Wheeler. Paige hit the high boot, and Omega followed it up with a Katoro Crusher. Paige hit a running shooting star press for a two count. Yeah, Wheeler hit a back suplex, tags in Harvard. They... And I already talked about um, the update on the Broken Rules match. They did it again on the World Heavyweight title match. But, um, like, you could go back to what I said about that. Um, FTR, they were in control for this match. And they were isolating Paige. FTR hit a dominable uh, stretches on Paige. Um, Wheeler was not the legal man. So, because the ref didn't see the tag. Page then rolls up Dax while the ref's back was turned, and that would have been a three count right there. But Wheeler was just arguing with the ref, and it gave Dax enough time to kick out. Dax sends uh, Page to the ropes, and he bounces back to hit a lariat and tags in Omega. He runs wild on FTR, hits the You Can't Escape on Cash for a two count, um, Omega was looking for the Snapdragon, but Cash sends him to the turnbuckle. Omega catches Harwood with a jumping Rana, hits Wheeler with a with a with a drop kick. Omega hits FTR with the Tope Con Hilo. You know how he does that? Da 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 da. You know the Terminator, the Terminator rising, and then he runs, does the Tope Con Hilo. That's that's what I'm talking about. He hits a missile missile roll. Uh. Missile dropkick on, I believe, on uh, Wheeler for a two count. Howard power bomb. Howard bombs Omega, rolls him into Wheeler for the German suplex. He covers, like, Harvard goes for the cover, but Kenny Omega kicks out at two. We had a knee strike, a brutal knee strike uh, by Omega on Re- Wheeler. We had an assisted German suplex. By Omega and Page. Page power bombs, uh, hits a power bomb on Wheeler, and Omega follows it up with a V trigger. 
Page covers for a two count. Wheeler was looking for the superplex, but Omega fights out of it. Howard superplexes Omega and hits a splash for a near fall. I believe Wheeler hit the splash for a near fall. They were looking for Goodnight Express, but Page stomps Wheeler. Howard hit a sick, devastating brain buster on Omega. Page hits a sliding lariat on Howard. No, not on Howard. And Wheeler hits the DDT, Tilt the World DDT, Wheeler does. Omega hits a Poison Rana on Wheeler. Followed it up with a Tiger Driver for a close near fall, like Tiger Driver 98. He got a V-Trigger on Wheeler. That's two V-Triggers in a row. He was looking for the one-winged angel, but Wheeler knew. He's like, no, no, no. If I get hit by this, I'm going to lose. Now, Kenny was looking for the V-Trigger, but his knee hit the turnbuckle. And Wheeler manages to tag in Howard, and they both hit a dragon screw leg whip on the on the damaged knee. And this is when FTR started working on the injured leg. Tag team wrestling psychology right here. Work on the injured the injured uh, body part. Kenny hits a snapdragon suplex on both Harwood and Wheeler. Page tags in, runs wild on FTR, hits a fallaway slam on Wheeler, and dives on the outside to take out Harwood. FTR then hit double diving headbutts back in the ring for a near fall on Page. He catches Omega, Cash does, on the outside in a powerbomb position, and FTR hit a Steiner Brothers-like bulldog, like assisted bulldog. They did it on Page this time on the ring, and this time it was for a near fall. Hangman Page, man, he did a beautiful Moonstar suplex, which looked so amazing on Wheeler for a near fall. Omega and Page look for the last call, but Omega, like, as Omega was holding Wheeler, so Page, so Page can hit a buckshot lariat, but he misses. Kenny accidentally V-triggers Hangman Page, and Wheeler then chop blocks the knee. FTR then hit the assisted spike pile driver on Page for near fall, and I'm like, that should have ended the match right there. So FTR did it again, and they pinned Page to win the AEW Tag Team Championships. This was the right call. The absolute right, right call, in my honest opinion. And a really, really good match. I mean, I was going to say it was a great match, but the crowd was pretty much fatigued because it was hum- humid out there. I mean... I know it's really tough for them. They try to bring some energy to the to the show, but they tried. Um, but you look at FTR, man. They won the NXT Tag Team Champions, the Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Champions, and now they are your AEW Tag Team Champions. So they've had one heck. Of, they're literally one of the best tag teams in the world, and now they could rub it in the Young Bucks' face, saying, "Hey, we did something that you guys couldn't do at Revolution." And it writes itself right there. Now, speaking of which, post-match, you had Omega grabbing the ringside table. And it looks like he was going to hit Paige, but he stops himself. Omega kicks the beer, leaves Paige alone in the ring. He walks. Now, if you paid attention, he walked on the heel side of the entrance ramp. 
like of the entrance. He grabs his bag. The young bucks are following him. He's like, I'm done. I'm done with this. He gets in the car. He's like, it's either you guys, it's either me or him. And I'm like, well, they kicked Paige out of the elite. So I don't know why he asked him that. But it looks like we're getting close to heel Omega. Something I want to see, you know? I mean, I think he desperately needs it because I know people are saying his run has been pretty disappointing. Like, I do want to see cleaner Omega. I think that would be great. So, and I don't know when it's going to happen, but man, sign me up. I think that's the best version of Kenny Omega. The Omega we want to see during his run in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think that would be great. We got the Mimosa Mayhem match between Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Now, they had two sides of the ring that was not, like, it was not covered with Mimosa. This, it was round, and you had Mimosa on each side with beer bottles, like a table. Like, that's what it was. Now, immediately, you had Cassidy teasing putting his hands in his pocket, but he immediately charges to Jericho only for him to eat a cold breaker for a near fall. You got Jericho grounding and pounding on Cassidy, hits a back suplex, another ground and pound, and he chops him in the corner. Jericho tried to submerge Cassidy in the mimosa, but he slams his head on the apron, tosses a small table at um, Cassidy, and smashes his head with the tray, which which looked brutal. Now, he tried to toss him in the mimosa, but Cassidy shoves Jericho off the platform and hits a splash of the off the platform on the outside. Cassidy then Irish whips Jericho on the guardrail, shoulder first, and he was wrenching in pain. He's like, ah, ah. So the shoulder was playing a factor right here. Both men were exchanging blows right by the mimosa, and I actually kind of chuckled when Jericho was tightroping, like he did this tightrope walk on the mimosa, right? So, and there was Y2J chant. I'm like, why are they chanting Y2J? Yes, I know he's Chris Jericho, but so they battled on the apron. Jericho, he managed to powerbomb Cassidy on the platform, but... He powerbombed him on the, the table as well. So, Jericho, he tried to submerge Cassidy's head in the mimosa. I wonder how that mimosa tasted like. They might make a drink out of it, you know? Now that I think about it, that would be an interesting case. And I might do a taste review, I guess. Cassidy super kicks Jericho in the face, brutal super kick, hits him in the head with the steel bucket. You have Jericho, he hits a springboard dropkick on Cassidy. He almost falls into the mimosa. Cassidy then sunset flips over Jericho, goes for the cover. One, two, two count. Hits a beautiful Michinoku driver for a, for a close near fall. You got Cassidy and Jericho, they were trading blows back and forth. Orange Cassidy hits a stun dog millionaire. And... Looks for the tilt-a-whirl DDT, but Jericho counters it into the walls of Jericho. 
So he's climbing. He's climbing to uh, the ropes, which there are no rope breaks. And Aubrey's reminding him, look, you can't do that. That's There's no rope breaks. So he, gr- he grabs this huge glass, fills it up with mimosa. And as soon as Jericho turns around, throws it in his face. Because remember, it's Al... Because a little bit of the bubbly has a little bit of alcohol in it. So it probably burned his eyes. Um, so he goes for the inside cradle for a two count. You had Cassidy hit the Superman punch. The orange punch is what they called it. He tried to dump Jericho in the mimosa, but Jericho's legs hits it so it doesn't count. Cassidy, top rope Hurricane Rana, into the penalty kick. Beautiful tilt-to-whirl DDT uh, for a close near fall. You had Jericho catching Cassidy with a cold breaker. Like he was trying to do, a, I don't know what dive he was trying to do on the top rope. But he gets caught with a cold breaker. Jericho almost won. Now he's getting in the face of Aubrey Edwards because it, it's any match with Jericho and you have Aubrey as officiating the match, you know he has to go back and forth with her. So, in the end, he was looking to lawn dart Jericho, I'm about to say Jericho, lawn dart Cassidy over the ropes into the mimosa, but Cassidy got his feet, his legs between the ropes by escaping. He hits the orange punch on Jericho, and he starts to stumble. He takes off the, the sleeve, I don't know if it's the uh, elbow pad, throws it down, runs in, hits the orange punch, and Jericho falls into the mimosa. And Orange Cassidy gets a big pay-per-view win over Chris Jericho. That's two wins in a row um, that Cassidy got over Jericho. Nobody has ever done that in AEW. So, this was a fun match, in my honest opinion. It was entertaining. Crowd, Like I said, the crowd looked fatigued. They were just... It was hot as hell out there. I don't blame them one bit. But Orange Cassidy, man, I think he has a lot... He's got a long way to go. Jericho put this kid over. And he's going to be a huge star in uh, AEW. Like, and I'm really glad Jericho put him over. And I don't know what's next. We're just going to have to wait and see. But I already saw memes of Jericho in the mimosa. (laughs) It was hilarious. But I wonder what Jericho's thinking now that he got his black suit. Now his black attire covered in mimosa. He's... I hope he still sells that on Dynamite. And it cost them uh, one day in the match. Finally, we got the main event. MJF, better than you, you know it, takes on John Moxley. Classic wrestling right here. This was really good. Really good ending to close out a disappointing um, pay-per-view, if you want me to be honest. But MJF actually proved that he could hang in the main event. And it was a clash of different styles. Moxley, he's all about going out going out of the ring, literally getting his opponents like a shark in the water. MJF, he likes to focus on the body parts, tries to make the body weak. Love it. Um I did fun I did hear a song. Somebody did MJF steam. They actually put lyrics to it. And it sounded so good on him. And I'm like, one day that song's going to be on uh, on the AEW pay-per-view. But 
MJF, it was the case of could he sink or swim? He swam. In a, gr- in a great way. Moxley made him look like a fucking beast. And MJF, man, when that time comes, he is going to be the guy that's going to carry AEW. And I, like I said, it was not the right time to take the title off of John Moxley. And besides, who won the Casino Battle Royal? Lance Archer did. So, we got Lance Archer versus John Moxley. I'm looking forward to that, but how do we get here, you may ask. Now, MJF, he trips Moxley, goes for the cover, only for a one count. He body slams Moxley, he body slams MJF and is looking for the elbow, but misses. He chops MJF, rolls him out of the ring, and he was looking for the paradigm shift, but MJF rolls him up for a two count. Moxley hits a tope suicida on MJF, sends him to the barricade, um, not the barricade, the guardrail. MJ, he sends MJF on the guardrail, balls first. I wonder how that feels. And he clotheslines him off the guardrail. <laughs> Moxley threw MJF on the guard. Again, throws him on the guardrail, head first, works on the fingers. Like, the way he bent uh, MJF's fingers, I actually, my fingers actually cringe. And I'm not lying to you. It was painful. Like, so much so that MJF was screaming, ref, ref. And Bryce Remsburg is like, no, you got to win inside the ring. You got to win inside the ring. And this was pretty much all Moxley. He rolls up MJF for a one count. MJF was looking for a crossroads, but Moxley reverses it into a sleeper hold. He counters it with a pin attempt for a two count and applies the cross arm breaker, which Moxley escaped. Moxley sends MJF hanging on the ropes. He goes to the apron looking for a suplex, but he gets distracted by Wardlow, and this is where the momentum changed for MJF. He... MJF slammed Moxley's left shoulder. It looked like he slammed it. He slammed his elbow, his left elbow on the uh, apron, but it made it believe that he was selling the um the effect of that slam on the with his left shoulder. So you're on Moxley for that. And this is where MJF came got in control of the match. He he started to uh, whip Moxley's bad arm in the turnbuckle. He was working on that injured shoulder. So, he d- he whips him on the turnbuckle. Bad arm first. Covers, two count. MJF shoulder blocks Moxley on the outside. And he landed on the guardrail. And the ref was counting. Moxley made it to the nine count. He catapults. Moxley does. MJF, well, well no, he didn't get in the ring yet, but... He catapults MJF to the ring post, gets back in the ring, and then you see him trying to pop his shoulder back into place. And MJF was just, was on the outside, and he was spewing blood. And it's like, huh, payback, I guess. So Moxley, he X-plexes. He did a Pete Dunne X, um, X-plex on MJF for a two-count. And he's trying to do a gotch-style pile driver. Oh, Suzuki would be happy. Um, but his arm gave out. Now, we go on the outside. Moxley hits a sidewalk slam on MJF. Brings him back to the ring. Manages to hit the gotch-style pile driver for a near fall. Now, Moxley, he was biting... 
at the face of MJF like payback for what he what MJF did on the go home show. So they go on the top rope. Moxley's looking for the superplex, but MJF out of desperation started biting Moxley's fingers to avoid the superplex. And he hits a diving stomp on the bad arm. And it was clear as day, something that I just rewinded it again. I'm like, he's slapping his knees to make it feel effective. And I'm like, oh my God. It's clear as day. Now, MJF, he super kicks Moxley. Looking for the rolling elbow, but Moxley counters into a German suplex. And I found... And it was hilarious when MJF was screaming, No! No! Reminded <laughs> me of Jericho a little bit. Um, And he hits a lariat for a two count. So, Moxley's talking to MJF. He was on his knees. And MJF, like the heel, he spits in Moxley's face. And, um... Moxley, he was just fucking pissed. He wanted to hit the paradigm shift, but Bryce was like, no, no, if you hit this move, you're losing the title. You're going to lose the title if you hit this move. So, MJF takes advantage of it and hits, applies the salt of the arm, salt of the earth arm bar on the bad shoulder, and I'm like, this has to be it. This, this might be it. Moxley made it to the ropes, to break the hold. And MJF, taking advantage, hits the Heat Seeker for a close, close near fall. Now, MJF was looking to hit another one, but Moxley counters it with an air raid crash for a near fall. Both men are on their knees, and they're, face, they're facing off with each other. Bryce, went, Bryce was in the middle, and... They were trading forearms, headbutts, slaps, and Moxley was headbutting the shit out of MJF. Like, it just lit a fire in him. So, MJF pulls the ref, as, and as the ref moves, he pokes Moxley in the eye. Classic heel move, love that. Goes for the backslide. One, two, no! As Excalibur would scream. Now... Moxley applies the sleeper hold on MJF, and you can literally see the blood pouring out of his head when Moxley was putting the pressure on his neck. You just see the blood just just going down. And you had MJF, he grabs the ref, so he distracts him, and he MJF actually low blows John Moxley, goes for the roll-up only for a close near fall. MJF hits a crossroads for a near fall. And this is where the climax uh, comes into play. So, Wardlow, he was distracting the referee, right? And while he was distracting the ref, he throws the the diamond ring to uh, MJF, which he clearly missed because MJF didn't catch it on time. And literally... Literally, MJF sees it. He tries to put it on. Moxley looks at it. He's like, I know you're not trying to pull this shit on me. He grabs him, hits the paradigm shift behind the ref's back, goes for the cover. One, two, three. John Moxley retains the AEW World Championship. This was a damn good match. Damn good match. 
And like I said before, MJF, this kid could hang in the main event. Give him that time, bro. He is going to go places. And like I said, MJF is somebody that I know that could get people to hate him. And he was put to the ultimate test and he passed with flying colors. Now, I know MJF is going to dispute this saying that you cheated, you cheated. Renee Young was literally happy when Moxley won. <laughs> MJF responded. I was just, in, I enjoyed this. The back and forth between Renee and MJF is just gold. Absolute gold. But you know MJF is going to make a case out of this. But what did you guys think? What did you guys think about um, All Out? So I'm looking at the poll results, which you you can still vote on Twitter. 54% said it was a thumbs up show. I added the thumbs middle, 31% said. And 15% said it was a thumbs down show. So it's an overall mixed bag, to say the least. And I, I got to... And I'm on that camp as well. It's a mixed bag, but it has some flaws. Especially with everybody talking about the Broken Rules match. Which I thought was the weakest match on the show. The best match, in my honest opinion, was the AEW Women's Championship match. And it's not because I'm biased. I just thought these women bought it. I I honestly think Sheeta and Rosa was one of the best match on the was one of the better matches on the card. And that's just me being honest with you guys. But that is my my thoughts on All Out. Overall, like I said in the beginning, it was a disappointment. It was the weakest out of the AEW pay-per-views. But they could have done better, you know? But can't please anybody. So that's it. I'm getting out of here. Thank you guys so much for listening to this review. And damn, I'm on, and I just did this for an hour. Fuck. Um, anyway, make sure you guys follow me on Twitter at Chino D Phoenix. That's where I'm at. Make sure you like the Facebook page. No one's ready for wrestling. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at CoolManSip. And don't forget, don't forget to send me your questions. Cause we will be doing a special mailbag on my birthday. Do so at the one and only Phoenix1993 at gmail.com. Please include your name and where you're from. That way I can shout you out on the show. Because I want to know... I want to know what my listeners are thinking. And I want to know what what crazy questions you guys have for me. So, until then, guys. Take care. Be safe. And I will see you later for episode 82. I'll talk to y'all later. Peace out. (laughs) 